Thank you for tuning in to The Third Place. You've got myself, Mary, and my dear friend, David. We're so excited to be having this podcast because as we were even prepping just now, we thought to ourselves, let's just get after it and let's tackle it. And instead of sort of editing and thinking through things, let's just throw it out there and be raw and real because that's the essence of The Third Place. So, um Today, we're going to dive into a topic that brings David and I back on many occasions, and it's the foundation of the way that we operate, and it's also the foundation of us trying to inspire business owners to operate, and that is backing into why you do things and how that fits into the third place. For me, when I think about a third place business or a business that has this new way, so to speak, a business that has more of the community in mind, whether that is just creating spaces for conversation or or really just realizing this social impact that we're all a business that is a part of a community locally and globally. When a business has those aspects in mind, it's just harder. And so a lot of businesses have done a good job over the course of the last several years asking the question, why do they do what they do? And we're learning, um, Simon Sinek wrote that really great book, Start With Why, just w- a, the better a business can answer the question, why you do what you do, the more success that you'll have, the more opportunity that you'll have to connect with your customers, the more opportunity that you'll have to attract really great talent because more and more people as the m- millennials and Gen Zs are entering the workforce, have that we've really transformed why we do work. It's not about of how much we make Uh, and that's a transition we're in a transition period where obviously paying your bills and being paid a living wage is is important but more and more people they want that purpose they want that passion and that is so much of what this idea of third place is about more community-minded businesses and so when a business has a clear why they do what they do now all of a sudden you can attract amazing talent so so, and amazing and amazing and loyal consumers, right? Yes. I think that you just touched on something that's really important is that consumers are uh, far more seeking why you do things versus what you're doing more and more. And that's why the most progressive brands are leaning into advertising or not even advertising, but leaning into the founder stories and the pathos of a brand and that that's what a consumer is attracted to that keeps them loyal rather than just the the one and done from here on out and so consumers are are smart and they want to understand why it is and they want to understand the impact and so no longer can you not can you skip the why you have to address that in the foundation and from there it will create more of a tribe mentality instead of those that are just sort of trial and error. Right. So all that's a great exercise, and I'm sure that that's one that we'll unpack in the future. Um, But as I've done business coaching and helped other people think through starting businesses with social impact or businesses with community focuses in mind, I ask people to ask the question for themselves too why do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because doing this kind of business is really, really hard. It's kind of like you have extra rules. You're not playing the traditional capitalistic game. 
you realize that capitalism has some limitations and you want it to be more inclusive. You don't want to just make money at any cost for you and your family. You want it to be uh, impactful in so many positive ways with everyone that you touch. So when you have those self-imposed rules, it's just harder. Now, there's a lot of great success stories out there and a lot of great models to follow, but I think the more clearly a person can ask, why are you starting this business? The more it helps you through the bad days. Uh, someone was just telling me yesterday, they were getting ready to start a business, you know, and I was super excited for them. And there are great days when you own your own business and there are crappy days when you own your own business. And and that doesn't change whether you own your own business or don't. Everybody has great days with your work. Everybody has crappy days with your work. So for the self-starter, those bad days, um, you got to have what, what are your touch points? And so when the better and more clear that you can answer the question, why are you doing this? The more that that can help you through the bad days. Right. It's an anchor. It's an anchor to get you back so that you remember what you're doing and why you're doing and keeps you on the path. Right. So, uh, so I found this tool. It's from uh, a guy named Zig Ziglar, and he, he wrote about this thing called the Wheel of Life. And basically, there's seven pieces of the Wheel of Life, and he has family and friends, career, finances, your uh, physical well-being, your mental well-being, and your spiritual well-being. And the reason why he called it the Wheel of Life is they're all interconnected. And if any one piece is not healthy, it can throw off the whole thing. So you could have the best job and the best family and people who love you and, and are doing really well in all of those areas, but you're not making any money, you know, and how many nonprofit people might be in that boat, it throws off the whole system. Or, um, you know, the tragic story is when you love your job, you, you make lots of money, um, you know, have great social life, but don't have that proper work-life balance and have not invested in your family, you can, the whole thing can fall apart. Like you might uh, separate from your significant other and, and then there's a split in finances and, and just everything falls apart, the emotional pain and all that kind of stuff. So I think that for me was a really great way to kind of segment um, how my, I line up my personal priorities. And so that has been a tool to help me think through kind of how to set goals and how to see how they all align. Now, to me, I've modified it a little bit. I don't really believe that there's a spiritual bucket. I kind of grew up thinking that way. But the more I kind of go through this life, the more I think the whole thing is spiritual. There is no such thing as a spiritual bucket. Um, so it's almost like it's an umbrella that covers all of these categories and the whole thing spiritual. So when you remove that from the seven, there's six remaining. Um, and then of the six, there's kind of sisters. So like social circle is really your friends and family. So that like this one relationship bucket has two groups that connect. Work is really your career and your finances. And then self-care is the, the your physical and your mental and emotional health. That's kind of how I break it up. It's It's a little bit semantics, but for me, it helps me process just a little bit. Uh, differently. Yeah, David and I agree that everything is spiritual. And so whatever move you make, it all interconnects. And we thought that it would be fun because both of us have done this exercise a number of times, but we figured 
in preparation for having a conversation and a dialogue about this that we should revisit and have the dialogue again and do the exercise again because this is an exercise that can be done frequently yeah. your your motivation and your sort of gauging of how you are doing or what you want to be doing can happen at any moment and i actually did the wheel of life exercise 2 months ago david said why don't you do the wheel of life exercise again when i had started to see the writing on the wall with losing my primary contracts as COVID started to surface. And that became a reality. And I was feeling really confused and trying to find my anchor again. And at that time, I added other pieces of this pie that he, he mentioned. I added a creative piece of the pie and I added a community piece of the pie. And in revisiting it in this time, I decided that I could drop those and that they were also integrated as is. And one of the biggest realizations that I had in this process was just the understanding of back to that same word that I said was everything's pretty holistic, like it all flows into the next. And that to me really is the power of the statement that when one thing isn't in balance, the rest of it feels out of balance is that they all they all flow in and out of each other and that's the understanding of the impact not that you can't have things that are out of whack or out of balance and not feel some sort sort of homeostasis but ultimately when it becomes many things are not aligned with your personal why and with your motivation and your desires and your goals then that's a time to sit back and and revisit and remember that you're you're really pulling in one direction that may not be serving you and in, instead is truly depleting you and the reason why you may be feeling a, a lot of burnout when you're trying to do something that's personally and consciously and community-minded. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, another reason why um, we thought about starting with this, well, one, whenever I do, again, the coaching aspect, this is a, this is where I start just because the personal so intertwines with your, your career and work. Right. But uh, this was also a great time. So essentially starting a podcast is starting a business. So right. like, Hey, wait, why are we doing this again? <laughs> I mean, obviously we love dialogue and, and we have friendship and the conversations are often so rich and deep. We want to share it. And, you know, again, continue to wrestle and learn from others as well. So that's certainly a motivation, but it was a helpful exercise just for us to pull apart. Like, why are we doing this? It takes energy from doing other things. So uh, having an understanding why we're wanting to even do something like start a podcast, uh, this was a great exercise for us to kind of unpack that. So you're kind of going to hear it in live real time. So, you know, one other thing maybe just to point out real quickly as you start to unpack these questions and we'll, we'll give a little bit of how we do that. This is one of the most important times to be honest with yourself. I always say like, if you're starting a business because you want a Ferrari in the driveway, now's the time to say that. This isn't a time to say, oh, I, I just want world peace and I wanna save the world. Like, I mean, if you want that too, that's great. So put that down. But no matter what, this is where you wanna be honest. You know, so if that's like, you know, having this huge house and, and that's how you wanna provide for your family or that those are the things that are really important for you. This is not a judgment zone. This is, this is just for you to use. And it, it helps you to put everything into this balance. And there is no right or wrong. It's, it's you. So 
Well, and that goes back to that goes back to the third place that we talked about the dichotomy that the third place is oh. is um, removed of the judgment of dichotomy, and so trying to reframe that for people is not going to be so easy. And if you can do work around, a lot of times when I do practices like this, I try to find some sense of grounding, whether it's meditation, whether it's going outside to have an actual sacred space where I can be removed from the chaos of everything or just feeling like it could be a conversation that I could lean on with someone that I felt like would, would talk to me the way I would want to talk to my friend, my best friend, or talk to my child. So that sort of best friend relationship with yourself. If you can try to find a way to channel that energy, then start the practice or start the the dialogue with yourself and the work sh workshop, then I think that you'll, you'll find that you can come from a place of less judgment and being able to feel okay with the fact that if your goals are more monetary or tangible or what you may deemed as consumeristic, that that's, there's no such thing. It's just a matter of, of knowing what is your driving force and driving motivation and feeling utmost respect for whatever that could be so that you can identify how to get there. Yeah. What I thought I'd do is I'd share my career and, uh, you know, we'll start with the buckets. Like here's, so here's my work and here's my financial and career goals. Mine haven't changed very much. I do want to have like on the financial side, I am working to try to build a business that has some value to it. That's not because of personal wealth. Like, you know, I'm trying to build businesses that have some value and the main motivator behind that financial goal is so that I can help other people start businesses. Like I love being able to see strengths in people, see opportunities or what's the best way to say that? Um, well, you've, people you've, like potential of people. Yeah. Like I'm just so in love to see, like even Mary, I remember when you and I were first meeting, like I'm just blown away by the skill set that you have and, and the gifts that you have to be able to give to the world. And so many people can get caught into, not that our conversation was this, but get stuck, you know, and sometimes finances could really help people get unstuck from seeing their fullest potential. So mm -hmm. I would love to be in a financial place to invest into people. Um, so I have a lofty financial goal, but it's not the personal side. My wife and I live pretty modest, upper middle class, and we travel the world and some of that has to do with coffee and some of that has to do with my wife's work. And when you do that, we're millionaires compared to everybody else. And we're not millionaires, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we're just so rich compared to the rest of the world. We're in the 99th percentile just in terms of world wealth. Yeah. Um, so that's how my financial goals kind of align. And that hasn't really changed. Oh, that's pretty steady career goals. Um, I love the work that I do now because it makes money, but there's the social mission aspect. So at this point in time, my career goals still stay in that bucket where I can do both the social work and the make money work at the same time. Yeah. And you touched on the fact that your knowing of your personality type too, that I can't wait to talk about in the future, which is that you are such a, a giver and an empower by nature. And so that's actually what fills your cup. So it's not coming from a place of like, you have to do that. It actually serves you serving others. Yeah. And so I think that you hit the nail on the head with that. You haven't changed much. Also, David, how old are you? 43. Right. So 
there's like, you know, you've got 12 years on me where now I feel like, you know, I'm about to speak to my context of career and finance within this work bucket of the wheel of life. And you have, you know, you gave me this framework of like, think about where you want to be in five years and in 10 years. And that's what I'm going to about to speak about is where I would be at your age and acknowledging that um, even one of the observations I had was that five years and 10 years were not dramatically different, that I'm hoping that the impact of my 31st year to my 36th year is pretty solid and that that just creates this like new way of being and pattern for the 36 through beyond right yeah. you know, so it seems like you did that work from yeah, you know what i think that you saying that out loud makes me think this may be around your ages when i started to wrestle with those questions right right, right? so then my 30s were all about setting it all up and, and so that's what you hear yeah that's what you hear all the time is that the you know the 20s are extremely painful and the 30s are the time of my mantra is this whole internal knowing thing more and more where it's like I just want to feel like I understand myself and I'm steadfast in my decisions and that's very easy for me to do in the workplace but when it comes to me um, making decisions from a personal perspective that can be challenging and I think a lot of us struggle with that and that's why I love this wheel of life and when you're when you're workshopping this at home and you think to yourself okay what is my career and what is my finance? You can think to yourself, how do I envision my current status? How do I envision it five years from now and 10 years from now in a, a balanced setting? I don't like saying the word perfect because I don't think there's yeah, such a thing. <laughs> yeah. So when I looked at career for myself, which it's interesting that we even started with this bucket because I also think that we lean into work and career as a leading factor of who we are probably too much. That's definitely an opinion of mine. But that was the first thing that came to mind when doing this. So it makes sense because that's how we've been trained and that's what we're, how we're operating when we network. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? But I said, and I knew this to be true because I did the Wheel of Life two months ago, but it was fascinating to see it stick. Now, I want to teach. I want to facilitate. I want to have my career to the fact to be paid to teach or to facilitate and have conversations around people developing themselves, people developing other people and people developing their communities would be a dream. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this podcast is a part of that mission. Um, and beyond that, the 10 year scope for me was just more of that it would like the first thing I said was like, I just want to do more of the above. Mm -hmm. And that from there, I also wanted to financially just create more streams of passive income. And that passive income to me is a, is a blessing of abundance in itself and is not easy to make, but would allow me to create space for more of the creative. And that creative work to me is in empowering and, uh, facilitating and teaching people to have more self-awareness, more internal knowing and create spaces to support that within their network. Last thing I wanted to say was just that as a, as a mother, my son played a big role in this picture too, and wanting to make sure that I could expose him to a lot. And so exposure is a blessing and exposure costs money and time. And right. So that would mean that I would have to be in some sort of stable setting where I could 
take him to see more right. through the form of travel, teach him to see more through the form of education or activities, and allow him more and more and more exposure to different and diverse cultures and vibrations. Right. So that's yeah. that's where I landed with that <laughs> bucket. Well, and, and I mean, that right there also just shows how intertwined they are. Uh, right. That's where I wanted to go next was like the family and social, uh, you know, and, and the financial does certainly help out, like how you set up your family goals. And I think that that's why, like, I always go to the Ferrari in the driveway analogy, because, you know, if that's something that drives you, sometimes that may very well may not align with the family, right? If, if in order to get that, you have to work an insane amount of hours, which means your family isn't around like it just it just doesn't yeah. work right um my family and social buckets have dramatically changed in two months because of covid mm. uh, like my whole like worldview is different and i think that we have something that is traumatic that's going on for everyone and it's super disruptive and not all disruptive things are bad like there's good things and we talked about that you know in the in our the launching episode of, you know, how does a business go through COVID? So for my family, my, my bucket's been completely disrupted. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's super hard right now. Uh, we're all trying to balance like two kids that are two years and, and under and both still working full time and all the things, right? But in the midst of it just being crazy hard, the amount of time I've spent with my oldest especially right now that's two and a half like he is just coming alive and we have an acre of land and I, i'm in the middle of finishing up a huge project at the house and i've got like three or four big projects i want to do and you know for us the financial bucket of we're literally going through refinancing our house we've got some good equity in it and it's like you know what let's start all over let's cash out let's just get these projects done because it's it's built for play our house is built for play and I want to play with my boys. I'm done trying to pay it off as fast as I can. I want to make it the house I want to play in mm, cool. for my family. So my whole priority is completely transformed. That's um, super cool that you use the word play because that came up for me like five times too. And that impact has come from, I think COVID is definitely, I'm sure many people are feeling that they want to play more and just enjoy the present. And I'm sure there are other reasons that that's been inspired too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously like what the thing that's hard for everybody, like for some reason, this COVID thing has landed in political sides. I don't understand that, but the, like, this is hard for everybody. And it's so hard to not give people hugs and handshakes. And when we can get back to this place and we can feel safe whenever that might be, I can tell you for everyone, the social bucket is going to be so much sweeter. Like, mm -hmm. like you, you and I had a trip planned to see, and we were see, going to see each other. And I was excited about that. It didn't happen. And I, I was bummed, but whenever that does happen again, it's again, it's going to be just sweeter because of it. So. Yeah. And so you, you started to talk about your relationship bucket, right. And how that has been impacted by the, the career and finance um, or the work bucket is that we call it in my relationship bucket. I wanted less fluff. And I think that in your thirties again, so we're thinking, you know, we're talking from two different 
decades or different generations to some degree. And I think that that can be helpful to have these perspectives. That sounds. There's a lot of sort of trimming the fat right now for me. So I'll share something really quickly, but I lost my father in, in the last month during COVID. And that was the closest loss I'd ever had in my network. And it was also the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And that immediately put into perspective what I thought was already the hardest two years. Personally, I didn't realize that that was going to be the, the tipper. So it changed my perspective completely into that play that we were talking about that I just want to play more. And I also want even more engaged interactions and engaged interactions to me means less distractions, less technology interventions, less, um, less of the fluff that I was talking about and more of just this like true authentic and raw connection that can also be in longer term exchanges where you're spending a day or two days or trips together rather than just these quick sort of text conversations or quick hangouts. So I want more depth in the next five years and I want to cut or cut the fat or trim the fat of those that I can't have that depth with. And then the same thing was beyond that, I wanna just have even more of that where then my dream would be how can I then take that foundation into my local community and I'll have a kid at that time that would be, so let's in a decade, my kid would be 13 and I would love to be a pillar of support to him and his community and whatever that looks like in that time. And hoping that I would have a little bit more bandwidth to be able to be an engaged parent in that way too. So that was interesting. I never even thought, because actually to go back to my financial, I like wanted to be able to donate to my local community too at that time. And right now I'm 31, donating doesn't exist. I'm just trying to have <laughs> some basic savings and something that makes me feel like if stuff hits the fan, like it just has, I'm going to be able to at least breathe through it. Right, right. So. Cool, yeah, it's, I, I, you know, just got reactions. This is why this is a great tool to use and a great tool to revisit on a yearly basis or whatever. Monthly, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely takes a lot of work, so. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of work. It's really rich. So. Yeah, it is, it's rich and it, and it also takes time to process and then digest and then actually implement. Right, right. Um, so then this last bucket, the personal, the self-care. Which should uh, be the first bucket. It should be the first bucket. You're absolutely right. So we have the internal and external. I know for me, the, um, I've been working hard on the uh, external for a little while. Again, they're all related. Like over the last six months, I've lost about 15 pounds and I'm, rel I'm pretty healthy, but I need to lose a little bit in the tummy area. And I got 15 more to go. But the motivation factor and what's uh, helping me see success in that is again the family side of things well honestly the career side of things like yeah I, I can't help but teach like you were talking about teaching and I can't imagine not teaching for a very long time like I don't know what I don't know if I can do retirement ever right I just want to teach and share and yeah. I've had so many rich experiences and so many points of privilege the only thing I know how to 
do with all of that is just to share as much as I can with everybody that I interact with. So the physical health component is just critical for me to see all these other goals through. So that's how I've, you know, I've been on the right track. I want to keep pushing in through the, to meet those goals. And, you know, I love road biking and like that's getting back into that rhythm on a regular basis is as a part of the physical goal. But that also gives me the, actually what I love about road biking is that it gives me some mental space. Um, I'm by myself, I'm traveling large distances, you know, I've good chunks of time, an hour or two at a time. That gives me just the mental headspace to, to think and to process and to let my emotions be whatever they need to be. And, and just that mental space and the physical space just are so intertwined. They're so intertwined. I mean, that was the first observation I had that everything I kept writing down for my self-care internal and external was they each served the other. And for me, so there's this word that my family and I use and it's called dainu. It's from the Jewish tradition and it means it's enough. So it's like if you were to start a meal, this is how I always explain it. If you were to start a meal and you had an appetizer and it was so satisfying and you loved it and it hit the spot, we would say in our family, we would say, Dainu, like, you know, if it was just for that, we're content, we're grateful, we're happy. So my mental and my emotional state, that's the word that I always lean into is like, I just want to feel that sense of like, a little bit goes a long way and that abundance feels, I feel content with abundance in a, in a, in a more modest manner. And that to me translates to less anxiety, less sort of desire that's consumeristic or things that, that make me have a monkey mind or a repetitive mind and, and that help me feel more steady and less like a roller coaster with my mental and emotional states. And then from there, just that that would sort of lead me down a path of like more radiance and more sense of power and more sense of compassion and kindness and that that would help get me there. And then the physical, the things, this is why it merged so much is that the things that help, help me manifest that is daily meditation and daily yoga and just that it's, I want it to become non-negotiable. That's my goal is that it's non-negotiable and that it's not this dramatic definition of like, okay, you have to meditate for 30 minutes or you have to do it in this certain way. It's like, no, that you're sort of just like coming in that, in that place. And even 30 seconds of something is like, okay, it's my daily way of being. And uh, other things obviously in the physical that I could touch on are just being outside more and mountain biking more. And, you know, those things that are very specific and near and dear to me. But that really what it helps me do is just to maintain a sense of grounding and have a high energy. And that I think as we age, it's all of us just crave having high energy for a long time and that feel like we feel vital. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Mary last week. So last week I was stressed and just, it's all the things it's, it's work, it's being a leader. It's, and, and it was all manageable, but it just was taking its toll. And I had an opportunity that other outdoor sport I love to do is kayaking and I haven't done it for a while and it's weather dependent and you can't really do it by yourself for safety reasons so all the stars lined up and I was able to go out kayaking and and touch the water like water is just such it's life um, and when you sit on the water so close it's amazing and my goodness it fueled me up for like I'm still on that high from doing that 
And so being out in nature was just so critical. Again, they all, all this, all this connects so much. Well, and when I took this authentic leadership course, there's this authentic leadership course at Naropa in Boulder, Colorado. It's a contemplative school. So it brings in um, Eastern and Western modalities or ways of teaching. And this course centered around all these different things that we're, we're touching on now, but how to be the most authentic self and leading and inspiring followers and followership. And we talked about how nature is pivotal for exchanges that are impactful and productive, but someone, the teacher, her name's Susan, and I'll, I'll have to remember her last name and we'll give her credit because she's beautiful. But she was like, you know, actually nature is within your physical body. So you can take nature with you wherever you are and that you don't have to go into nature to channel that, those elements and that balance and the impact of it. Yeah. You know, Mary, um, to go back to what you said, I, that was the first time I heard you say abundance. And as I processed that. Just you know, we now? Talk, well, it made me think of the word differently. So when we think of abundance, we, you know, I usually think of that as a good thing. Like if you have enough of something and you have abundance yeah. and you can do the thing. I agree. Um, but there can be this whole thing of uh, overabundance too. Like if you mm. have too much wealth, it's, it's then that it, you're taking from somebody else. There's just no way to be, right? But but I feel like you're talking about conventional wealth in regards well, to true. just monetary. Because me, the way I was using the word abundance is actually redefining abundance to saying it's not monetary and it's not this conventional thing. It's more of what if abundance to you was measuring your your levels of happiness or measuring your levels of um, moments that you feel joy or gratitude yeah, or satisfaction. Like less totally. of this, okay, I have I have two cars and what you know those things i i feel like it's it's maybe less tangible and it's more of an an emotional weighing of abundance yeah and but but i think the um so yeah i was processing all that i like again i think we go back to work so quickly just because that's what we're trained to do right right uh but when it, hearing you talk about abundance in relationship with the jewish it's enough context dainu dainu um was like, oh, that's where like this balance is because you can eat quickly, find overabundance. Like you right. only spend time with your family, then you'll not have deep relationships outside. If you only do physical, like there's this, uh, there uh. is a version of each one of these things that what is enough. And then the, if you, if you savor the, what gets you to enough of each one of the buckets that allows you then to savor the enough of the other things like Preach. when you're talking about the the courses <laughs> like the appetizer which would be amazing if you had an overabundance of the appetizer then you wouldn't get to savor the dessert at the end totally right totally. so there's there's in this whole thing is just what is the thing that gets you enough of each of the categories yeah and that's so the, that wheel, the wheel of life, the wheel of life right thing. right the wheel of life is saying what is what is your what is your benchmark and can you and you're like realistic benchmark right. and you're, and which is, I'd say realistic is far more modest and less extravagant and depleting of other resources and more just like, okay, this is like my feeds my soul. 
and less of this feeds my, this feeds what I think I should look like, or this feeds what I think I should, what should feed me. So yeah, it's, you're, you're, that's cool. I didn't even realize that Diana would bring us there, but it is, it is important to be able to understand where we're coming from. Yeah. And coming from a, a place of modesty. Yep. Um, so we're going to share kind of a worksheet with the show notes of this that walks through the wheel of life. I think this is a great way to end. Yeah. Um, we, you know, one of the things that you want to do when you think through your buckets and, and the different segments, you know, is what is a, abundance for you? What is enough for you of each one? You know, you want to set goals. I think that you can achieve. You just mentioned that. So, and then, you know, the whole abundance and enough is, is, they need to be balanced, and and um, we've touched on a couple times that where Mary and I are in a little bit different stages of life. There are some similarities. Sawyer's three, and uh, Parker for me is two and a half, and so there's some commonality there. But just these, the pieces of the pie, so to speak, are not always going to be equal, just depending on your stage of life. So right. balance doesn't mean equal. But I love just balance and achievable as we think through those. And we want, would love to hear feedback of uh, people working through the sheet and, and wrestling with it. And there, again, no real right answer here. This is just a great tool to get things started. Yeah, and, and, and so use these, these stems to, to grow your thoughts. And from there, I think the next thing we're going to tackle, which is a huge conversation, is just then how to set goals around each of the buckets and how to make those goals impactful and make them purposeful to, to serve your third place. Well, beautiful conversation as always. Thanks, um, David. Yep, yep. So now I'm just that much more excited about the next one. Like, I think it goes keep building. <laughs> like, yes, let's talk through goals. Let's talk through the, oh, there's so much good stuff coming. So thanks you for joining us. Um, would love to hear feedback as um, you all work through this too. Be well.